on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. You know, I've been running this intro, uh, Living a Life of Illusion, for some time now because everything has been a psychological operation. And we're going to cover some stuff. I've got Scott Bennett here. He is an ex-Army psychological operations person. He's exposed some of the biggest corruption in the U.S. government as a whistleblower, and he compiled the information from jail. Uh, You've heard his story here before, and many of you have seen Scott uh, previously, but there is no better guest to cut through the confusion than Scott Bennett, as he knows exactly how these psychological operations work. And without further ado, he just came back from Russia and Ukraine, boots on the ground, and he's got real eyes and real footage. Scott, welcome back to Right On Radio. Jeff, it's great to be with you and your audience. Thank you so much for having me. So <laughs> I just get, I want to get right away to, you know, you going over to Russia and Ukraine, because obviously this has been a psychological operation on the American people. Uh, we have not been told the truth by our major networks. And I want to get one thing out of the way, because you went over there with Russian television. And so people are going to say, well, what is uh, ex-U.S. Army and whistleblower doing with Russian television? Mm-hmm. Commanding the truth commanding, leading, uh, uh, examining, investigating, analyzing, uh, as an American patriot should, as an officer should, as a man of truth, a man of God should. I didn't go over there. God sent me over there. I didn't, I didn't miraculously weave this, weave this together. The Lord sent me, like the Lord sent me to Iran and Lebanon and many other places. The Lord opens the doors and he l- opens the doors you know, to uh, shine, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So he took me over there and uh, uh, it was, uh, you know, I was invited by RT to do a documentary film and the film was an American officer in Donbass. And they wanted to show me and get my reactions to everything that the Ukrainian Russian war and the NATO war was, uh, was, was doing the effects on people's lives. So I, uh, no one else wanted to go over there because it was, it was a war zone, bombs and bullets and high Mars and artillery rounds and 155 rounds and landmines all over the place, shattered buildings everywhere, crosses everywhere from where people had been killed. I mean, it was a war zone every day, every 
hour. It was like thunder was constantly bellowing, you know, and that was the artillery around. So they, these were this these cities were constantly under shelling. Um, so it was a it was a scary place to go, but I wanted to go. And of course, you know, God says he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I don't have any fear of death or any man whatsoever. I know my eternity is in my eternal kingdom with my father in heaven. So that's what that's what, of course, makes us different. Uh, but it was it was a it was a exciting, thrilling, quite a traumatic experience, too. Um, but I went over there and uh, I won't make a belabor and make it a long, long story, but. I flew over there. I got to customs. They kind of looked at me funny, like, what's an American doing here in customs? An American who was in the army. So they kind of were questioning me. And luckily, I had on my phone a lot of the interviews that I had done previously with RT, Sputnik, Press TV. I said, I'm here for a documentary. Here, look at these. These are the films and the uh, interviews that I've done on Russian TV. So they look at them, the customs guys. Oh, I recognize this guy and this host. And all. so they... They knew I was over there uh, meet for media purposes, and uh, they recognized me from, from Russian TV prior. So they let me in. That was the first miracle that I got into the country. <laughs> many people didn't think I would. And then uh, I jumped on a bus right after the plane ride, which is about 20 hours plus. Uh, after that, I jumped on a bus, a uh, little van, and we drove down to Donbass, which was another 10-hour drive. And and, and before you get to Donbass, if you don't mind me interrupting, what was the atmosphere like in Russia, a, a country at war? It was, uh, it was sedate. It was... Uh, 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 it was, you know, acknowledging it was, it was, it was heavy under the burden of war, but it wasn't fearful. It wasn't, it wasn't panicky. It wasn't hysteria. It wasn't angry. It wasn't uh, anything that other than, well, we've got to go through this and finish this once again. The Russians, as it was told to me by Russians, Russia has known war for over 100, 200 years, if not longer. So that's something that the West doesn't understand. War to Russia is, in a sense, a constant. They have breaks of peace and uh, uh, breaks and, and little vacations from it, but they're always being attacked and bothered. They were attacked by Napoleon, attacked by the Polish, attacked by the Germans. They even were attacked by the Chinese back in the, the 50s, 60s over territorial disputes. And I uh, on and on and on and on. The Turks, uh, Russia uh, has fought. We've never fought anyone other than the British and the Mexicans. We went down to the Mexican War, yeah, but that was it. That was it. And then you had your own civil war, but we've never fought anyone upon our shores. Russia has constantly, but they were they were a sedate people. They and they were optimistic. They were hopeful. They were jubilant. They were gregarious. They were happy people. They were. Uh, I think wonderful cultured people that I never got a sour word or a frown or a, an angry belligerent person who, you know, when I speak English, I turned heads and people were looking like, wow, he, an Englishman is here. I even heard that a few times, but I never got attacked. Uh, you know, so there's not a, there's not a, a, an animosity against the West. There's a, there's a sort of a resigned sadness because I think they do look at the West as an increasing degenerate, schizophrenic culture, people, and nation because of what we've self-inflicted on ourselves. 
and they're looking from the outside in and going, marriage is between a man and a woman. Why don't you understand that? Mar and they they made it into their constitution of their of the country. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Why can't America do that? Well, because it doesn't have the the purity. It's it's riddled with sin. They also don't accept the LGBT, uh, you know, castration of children that we're flaunting and celebrating like a human right, especially here in California, where Gavin Newsom, the governor, is threatening to take children away from people in their homes if the parents don't agree with their kids' delusional transgender, hey, I'll be popular if I cut off my penis attitude. So the Russians don't accept transgenderism. They don't accept the climate change uh, ideology and religion. They certainly don't eat bugs. Uh, they're traditional family values people, and they were extraordinarily refreshing compared to what I've seen. And I, I, you know, swim around here in the United States, which I consider the water here, the culture here is extraordinarily toxic. The media, toxic. The politicians, toxic and liars. And, uh, you know, no chemtrails were in Russia. No really? electric cars. No, I never saw any chemtrails or electric cars or, or any of that stuff. Now it was it was uh, it wasn't always cloudy and snowy, but I didn't see any of that in, in Russia. So it was a it was a good uh, it was a good experience as the people. I I I love the people, and I've I've trained with Russians when I was in the army. I've known them. Uh, so anyway, we went down to Donbass, and for the next uh, uh, week and a half down in Donbass, and then I came back to uh, Moscow for another week and a half doing media interviews. But when I was in Donbass, that was when I saw. Mariupol, uh, Gorlova, uh, uh, Solodar, uh, Marienka, uh, Mariupol, uh, Azovstal, a whole bunch of cities and some others I can't remember the names of. Donetsk was our headquarters. And I saw nothing but, you know, buildings with big holes in them, shattered glass all over the place, uh, baby centers being bombed. I went in uh, this, this RT, you know, camera crew. Uh, took me around to all these places. They set up the interviews and stuff. So we got into some very interesting places, the the Ministry of Defense in Donetsk, and uh, we examined all of the weapons that have been fired. And you see firsthand, I mean, I'm looking down at the weapons they had recovered, and they're coming from companies like Uline Corporation, which is a defense contractor, Uline.com. You can look it up, U-L-I-N-E.com. And they've fired all, you know, all these missiles and, and uh, HIMARS and cluster bombs, some of them dating back to 1994. I was amazed. I was like, these things are 30 years old. So uh, now, now which side was using that? The Ukrainians were firing that at, at Donetsk. The Ukrainians were getting all these weapons from the West, from America, from Britain, from Poland, from the Czech Republic, from Slo Slovakia, from Germany. Everyone's pouring money into uh, uh, Ukraine, pouring money in weapons because it's it's a return on investment. They're going to get replenishments from the United States. They're no doubt getting backhanded deals. They're getting secret uh, ge uh, uh, geography real estate purchases like George Soros's son way back in 2014 when they overthrew the government of Ukraine and put in this U.S.-British puppet regime, Zelensky and the Nazis there, George Soros's son was appointed a ministerial position, and he gave a whole bunch of real estate to Dow Chemical. And of course, they planted 46 biochemical laboratories with uh, Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, 
all, I think, the seeds, uh, the, you know, the seed factories of the COVID-19 vaccine, the COVID-19 scare pandemic, all of that emanated out of Ukraine, not Wuhan, not Wuhan. They may have, uh, you know, sent some over as part of this psychological operation, but the origins, the stems were developed in Ukraine. Uh, we did. A yeah, I think, I think Wuhan was scapegoated into it. Yes, that's exactly what they did. They scapegoated it. Thank you. But it was generated in Ukraine. And uh, we did a documentary called Death Factories. People can go to RT.com, uh, look, search for Death Factories. And it was an analysis of the biolabs, bioweapon history, the, the Japanese bioweapons, uh, the people that were brought over to the West, like Operation Paperclip, the Germans. We did it with the Japanese. And we brought over their germ warfare experts, their biological warfare experts. And uh, we looked at how that translated into Ukraine. So I, I was in Donbass seeing all of this stuff, meeting the people uh, in full body armor, full helmets. I mean, I was back in the army days uh, because it was a war zone and they wanted to make sure I knew how to uh, fire weapons if we got into a firefight uh, because the Ukrainians are killing journalists anywhere they find them and blame it on the Russians. Uh, so I went through weapons training again. I was, I was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun too. It was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah. it was. Pretty intense jumping around with 30 pounds of body armor and packs. You know, I thought, shit, I haven't done this in 20 years, but uh, I got through it and uh, we went up and saw all these cool places. And, you know, your, your life comes into focus when you're walking with special forces, Spetsnaz, and they can't speak because they don't want to give the position away to any snipers, but they just raise their hand and you look in silence and they point down and you see this big green plate the size of a cow pie. And that is a Soviet anti-tank mine that if we touched it, it would blow up, you know, uh, something the size of a house. So we wouldn't be alive. And they were all over the place and the pedal mines and other things. So, you know, you, you don't think about it until after you return. But uh, when I, when I was, when I got out of there, let me tell you, I don't mind saying it. The emotions come out, the tears come out because oh, yeah. your, your life was, that close to being ended, but God, God carried me through it. I had no doubt. And, uh, the, the Russian soldiers, all of them were volunteers from different parts of Russia. I even met uh, South Koreans that were there. I met a Japanese guy that was there. They were all fighting on the side of Russia because they were fighting against the fascism of George Soros and all of this wokeism that they've been trying to force into Russia. Uh, so Russia has a, an incredible, global team of volunteers that have gone over there to help. Now, in case people don't uh, understand the history of this, Jeff, it may be wise just to give a quick five-minute summary because people, yeah. people are going, why Russia? Blah, blah. Let me just share. As we said before we started recording, to really understand the situation, you have to go back 500 to 1,000 years. Kiev was the seat of Mother Russia. It was the birthplace of Mother Russia as a, as a state, as a nation. Before that, you know, you go into the Dark Ages and it was tribes and all the rest of it. But Russia has always been at war with the West and the East. But Kiev, the Ukraine area, it's never been Ukraine as a nation. It was never recognized as a nation. It was it was uh, kind of like the swampland in Florida, you know, that whole swampy area that no one goes to and stuff. But it's just there. Ukraine was kind of like that. Uh, it was, it was the great wall between the West and, and, uh, and Russia in the East. So it's sort of a, a no man's land. 
but uh, it was the seat of Russia. Kiev was the original uh, uh, point of point of origin or capital of the Orthodox Church too. Uh, and there's religious dimensions, the Orthodox Church splitting away from the Catholic Church and Byzantine, you know, the Eastern uh, Russian Holy Roman, Roman Empire and the Western Holy Roman Empire. There's always that religious animosity that's existed. Um, but uh, Kiev was independent. Now, the Soviet Union, I, let's just fast forward. When the Soviet Union collapsed in 1990, and I remember that day vividly. I remember the fall of the wall. I remember the photo. Mm -hmm. I know you do, too. When the Soviet Union collapsed, and many of them totally blame it on Gorbachev, uh, and the ruble hit zero, which I anticipate coming to the U.S. dollar, when the ruble hit zero and the Soviet Union collapsed and the whole country was like a house of cards and it came down, uh, everyone sort of celebrated, hoping that, wow, this is really the end of history, as Fukuyama has, has uh, kind of misguidedly written. I think he's totally wrong in his assumptions. I know because I worked under him back in George Mason. But everyone hoped that Russia and the United States would be unified, like the prodigal son and the prodigal father. And the Russians really hoped that. Yeltsin hoped that. Yeltsin and the communications and the cables to Clinton and elsewhere and this presentations to the Congress. I wrote a whole book on this, uh, on the American 30 years of, of policy with Russia. Uh, and I, I know for the past 30 years what we've done. And it started out with a great hope. Ronald Reagan would have taken us on a totally different direction had he yeah. lived and been able to continue like a Roosevelt for another third term. But instead, the George W. Bush or George Bush, George the senior Bush, child molesting uh, CIA guy who was there during the Kennedy assassination, uh, tried to kill Reagan. This George Bush uh, set his CIA to cannibalize and rape and dismember Russia, break it up, uh, create oligarchs, uh, create internal factions. And uh, so that was that was his starting. And then Clinton came in and they inherited that and made it kind of worse. But Yeltsin always wanted to unite Russia and NATO. He wanted to unite Russia and, and Europe and America and, and create this great alliance. And the people of Russia in the 1990s, for the first time, they're exposed to Coca-Cola, to Levi's jeans, to uh, freedom, everything, freedom. And they were exuberant. They were, they were celebratory of the music, you know, everything. Now, Russia wasn't a caveman society before that. But now it just totally blew open and they were thirsting and hungering for, to experience the West uh, in, in this. We've heard uh, the Beatles and things yeah, like that, right? Yeah. Like they wanted this. Yeah. It was like going to an amusement park with uh, you've never been to one in your life. Well, you go to an amusement park, you want to ride on every ride. Your adrenaline's going, you're thrilled, you're, you're just beyond happy. That's what the Russians were in the early 1990s. And how, how, I mean, real, really people need to meditate on how much we could have done and, and embraced and been and unified in so many good ways had we really shown them love and embraced them and helped them. But instead, the uh, Bill Clinton sodomite rapist and uh, Al Gore and Strobe Talbot and Larry Summers, these Democrats come in that don't know anything about love. They just know about power and control. And uh, everything, everything vile and vicious and, and damnable. Well, and uh, they're all in the same club following the I same know, I know, I know. I have a particular disgust for Democrats. I always articulate that. But you're right. They're all in the same club. But these Democrats under Clinton 
basically, and the CIA, I mean, CIA told Ritter, I've talked with Scott Ritter a lot on this. CIA told him, you're a dinosaur. You're, you, you don't exist. We're going a different way because he wanted to do, be part of the unity, right? He wanted to go, hey, let's bring them in. Let's teach them how to fish. Let's, let's help Russia. We'll, we'll be, we'll be bonded like, uh, you know, brothers. And instead the government under Clinton set off burdening them with IMF loans, creating oligarchs, CIA stealing of major industries, uh, you know, flooding, uh, because the ruble fell to nothing, you just had the whole society drop in life cycle men's lifespan dropped to 50 ma major vodka alcoholism ap ac uh, epidemics and in 1998 where after all about five six seven years of burdening imf loans the whole ruble in the economy collapsed and on yeltsin's last days he appointed uh vladimir putin to come in and and uh, he was in the intelligence realms, Putin's been an intelligence officer, flu fluent in German since the 1970s and 80s. He's he is the most seasoned, experienced uh, uh, political intelligence, administrative government person in the entire world. I don't think there's anyone. Maybe someone in China, but no yeah, one he might be competition. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, no one has the the background in 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 uh in this much uh government experience than putin so he came in in 1998 and uh began to resurrect the country turn the country away from these western oligarchs kicking oligarchs out prosecuting them for stealing uh russian resources that all belong to the people like the oil of alaska remember alaska gives a check to all of its citizens russia had all these resources and it could have uh, done the same thing if we kind of came in or, I mean, taught them how to, 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 to do all this stuff. Instead, we tried to rape and pillage them. So we left a very bad flavor in their mouth in 1998. Clinton flew over there and got a very cold reception because they felt raped. They felt raped by America. And they saw, you know, the bombing of Yugoslavia. Bosnia, Chechnya, all of this stuff was going on that the US CIA were, were fomenting and color revolutions before it was a popular thing. We were doing it in the 90s. Somalia, mm -hmm. we're, we're all over in this global, you know, we're going to dominate the world attitude. The empire is rising. And uh, anyway, Russia under Putin turned to the east and said, okay, we, we can't really trust America. It was very sad. And they started making overtures to, to the East. And then Bush comes in, right? And then 9-11, the great false flag attacks in 9-11, where we're now going to go and conquer Afghanistan and Iraq and Libya and Syria and uh, Iran uh, and turn the world into the American empire. That was the seven, seven countries in five-year plan under the Project for a New American Century, the uh, Jewish Zionist Khazarian hierarchy, such as Dove Zakheim, who I know, I work, personally worked with him at Booz Allen Hamilton, as did Ed Snowden, uh, Doug Fife, uh, Richard Pearl, uh, on and on, people associated. Uh, yeah, and you can get a, a book on 9-11 we've got on our website uh, that talks about all these people. But the 9-11 uh, attack in New York set us on this trajectory, this military juggernaut of conquest. And Libya was the the great uh, the great abomination because taking out Muammar Gaddafi, you flood Europe with every migrant African Middle Easterner that we've destroyed their homes and countries in Syria and Iraq and elsewhere. 
but now they've all flooded up into Europe. So everything that's happening in Europe with these African migrants throwing pregnant women off buses, I've seen those videos, uh, and doing all sorts of abominable things in Manchester and Sweden and Germany, raping 13-year-old goals. All of this was done by America, self-inflicted. Yeah, you had Sarkozy and Cameron and these other little beta males who played a role, but America uh, uh, did all this. Uh, and so you had uh, just the, the shakeup of, of the world and the disintegration of the world. And Russia has, has, has grown sort of uh, stronger ever since. But it's, it's, I think the pivot point was when Obama tried to uh, take out Syrian President Bashar Assad, uh, who's not a bad guy. He's an ophthalmologist. He actually protects Christians. Syria is a very... Uh, <coughs> and, and the guy didn't even want to be in power. <laughs> really. No, he didn't. He didn't. You know? he didn't. Which is yeah. the type of leader you want, and you're right, right. You Christians and everything. But uh, right. Obama, the uh, <laughs> Satanist that he is, yeah, yeah. So Russia came in and, and uh, saved Syria, and it because it wasn't it wasn't going to let them fall because of uh, their naval bases. So uh, Russia started rising up. Now, when Obama was in power in 2008, one of the things that they were doing for a long time, and under the color revolution, and this goes back into the 1990s when the breakup of the Soviet Union occurred. The Americans went in and rekindled the fire in Ukraine. Remember, Ukraine in World War II, the, the uh, western part of Ukraine were sympathetic to Nazis, and they joined the German ranks, and they killed Poles and gypsies and Jews. And uh, they were led by a guy named Stefan Bandera, who was a Nazi uh, guy with swastikas, and the whole Nazi ideology, fanaticism, a paganism, no Christian spirit in them whatsoever. And they uh, marched to attack Russia. Well, Russia pushed back, run, won, the, won the Second World War, and controlled Ukraine. Uh, and it wasn't its own. Again, it wasn't Ukraine the country. It was it was a region. It was the Ukrainian right. region. And uh, but that fomented in the West. America and Britain took a Ukrainian uh, a government in exile and put it in Germany and started doing guerrilla attacks and, and uh, snipes and all sorts of things in the 1950s and uh, you know 60s and 70s. It was a big CIA operation trying to get into Ukraine to harass the Russians. Well, 1990 falls and we go back into Ukraine and we start trying to whip it up again. We do the Orange Revolution, right? Uh, the president of Ukraine, the guy with a big, ugly uh, face for... Uh, uh, Poroshenko? No, not Poroshenko. Uh, another guy. I can't remember it. His wife was a CIA asset. Uh, they were the ones who did the color revolution in 2005, the orange revolution. So he was a pro-American puppet. And uh, that continued on until Yanukovych was voted in. He was pro-Russian. And he said, we're not, you know, they were trying to get Ukraine to go the way, the way of the EU. Again, to chew up and, and bite That's out right. parts from Russia. And uh, Yanukovych said, we're not going to, we have a choice. Either join the EU or, or join Russia and have business with the EU. But if we join the EU, we have to adopt their policies on homosexuality, gay marriage, uh, and all sorts of other things. And he said, we're a Russian Christian Orthodox country. Orthodox Christian, I can't remember exact words, but he said, we're an Orthodox Christian country. We can't do that. And the moment he did that, 
the sodomite Barack Obama married to Michael Avon Robinson, who's not Michelle Obama. It's a man pretending he's a woman. You can see that in the videos of the penis flopping around when he's dancing on the De Ellen DeGeneres show. Obama with Victoria Newland, with Joe Biden, his vice president, with John Kerry, with John McCain, with Lindsey Graham, and a whole assortment of other derelicts and demoniacs. Uh, they go in and overthrow Yanukovych with this color revolution. They go in with CIA uh, guys, Nazis, all sorts of uh, colorful characters, Soros-backed people, George Soros people, and they uh, have these big uh, protests in, in Kiev and Maidan, and they give the people ecstasy-laced water to make them all happy and giggly and jumping up and down like this. Well, that's is the first time I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. They gave them all uh, drugged up tea, drugged up tea. And uh, that's why you saw these people out there banging the drums with no shirt on in the middle of winter. You know, they're, they're high as kites. Uh, this is what America's <laughs> CIA did. And uh, then it, then they had snipers from Georgia, more CIA mercenaries that came in and started shooting both protesters and police to whip up a huge uh, frenzy. And they then had their, again, revolutions are led by the tip of the spear, which is like maybe a hundred guys. That's yeah. easy to recruit. And they go in like they did on January 6th. It wasn't the American Trump supporting patriots that did January 6th. It was a small group of men. Many of them were Ukrainian mercenaries, by the way. The same um, Ukrainians we've got photographs in in Ukraine were photographed in Janu on January 6th on Capitol Hill. So Ukrainians were present on Capitol Hill. These are the go-to troublemakers that the CIA and the Obama administration have used. Uh, so they come in and they, they break windows and they overthrow, uh, uh, the government of Ukraine and Yanukovych flees to Russia. So he abdicates yeah. and they then set up, uh, a, a far right Nazi sort of government that outlaws the Russian language, outlaws, uh, you know, Russian in general, uh, and, and you have Orthodox Christianity gone yep. media, anything that's not controlled yep. media gone political yep. opponents gone sounding yep. familiar america yep and that's why this is a long way of saying that's why the donbass declared independence that's why they said no 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 we're not going to follow that government we're we're not going to follow a coup d'etat we're not going to accept this this is an illegal overthrow of yanukovych this is an illegal uh, uh government uh overthrow and change we're not going to go with it we're going to be independent republics if that's the case so crimea and Donbass, who are all Russian-speaking people. Yes. That's why they've been Russian-speaking since the dawn of time. Uh, they were not going to start suddenly speaking Ukrainian. It's like if you and I were told, you're going to have to speak Spanish now because Mexico's conquered America. We'd go, screw you. We're going to be independent till we die. I'm never speaking Mexican or Spanish, but you get the point. Yeah. But that's what they did to the to the Ukrainians in Donbass. And, and they were Ukrainians, but they were Russian Ukrainians, right? They're from the region of Ukraine. But they said, no, 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 we're independent. So Lugansk, Donetsk, Crimea, uh, a couple other places said, we're independent. And the moment they did that, Jeff, is when the U.S. started sending weapons, 
and bombing and, and blowing up uh, the, the Russian people in Western uh, Ukraine. The, the West uh, uh, encouraged and helped the Ukrainian government do genocide. And Poroshenko, who replaced uh, Yanukovych, said, our children will be in schools, their children will be in basements. We're going to bomb them. We're going to attack them. We're going to genocide them. We're going to destroy every building in Western Ukraine or Eastern Ukraine. And you know what? Donald Trump had Poroshenko in his office shaking his hands and gave him weapons. And, you know, it causes me a certain degree of grievance because I hate stupidity and I hate liars. And both of this is represented in Donald Trump's relationship with Poroshenko because he proudly said, we're giving them weapons. Well, why are you giving them weapons? Why would you give them weapons to do a genocide against people who, who are civilians who want simply to be uh, independent because they don't want to give up their language or their culture or their religion? Mr. Trump, but he didn't think that far ahead. And he couldn't because uh, Bolton and Pompeo and all these other people were surrounding yeah. him. So, but it's still his fault. It's Trump's it fault. The buck stops with him. I won't give him a pass on this. So he gives weapons to Poroshenko. Poroshenko uses those weapons and starts killing women and children. And those same weapons were fired at me when I was in Donbass. Those so are the javelins, right? Well, there's javelins, there's HIMARS, there's cluster bombs, there's 155 artillery, there's howitzers, there, there's uh, 30 caliber shells that tanks are firing. They're, they're firing everything. Drones, suicide drones uh, uh, coming in, uh, you know, smashing into to, uh, buildings, smashing into baby centers where babies are, where childcare facilities are. So the people really have been devastated in Ukraine. Like, you know, what, what's left? Like, how much of their population well, has... Well, I mean, it, I should say, they've, they've won... They've, I'll put it this way. All of that started, then Russia went in in 2022 after, what, eight years of enduring this uh, uh, genocide, enduring their young girls being captured by Ukrainian thugs who are on drugs. The West gives these guys drugs in their medical packs. Like the Germans gave their soldiers uh, methamphetamines, the, the, the Americans, the CIA, the British, uh, gave these Ukrainian soldiers drugs to keep them amplified. And they're also covered in, you know, Nazi tattoos. They would, I, I, I met a, a journalist who was on the ground there and he had found the woman who uh, RT and everyone threw it up on, on their news later. He found the woman, a young young girl, young woman who had been raped and she was killed, but they had carved a Nazi swastika into her stomach and branded her with a Nazi swastika. So they branded her first and then they cut the, the swastika into her stomach and killed her. That's what the Ukrainians did under the American uh, smiles and directions. And I don't care if they say, well, we don't do that. We don't know bullshit. You have been enabling them. You have been telling them because you your your sin of omission was you failed to say no. You won't do this. You won't harm old people and children. You won't bomb baby centers. America has allowed them to do that. So uh, all of this was happening. <clears throat> Putin stepped in to stop all of that. And the Minsk agreements. Uh, the Minsk agreements, remember, it was where Germany and France and America and Britain all said, well, we'll have a timeout. Let's all figure this out. 
And that's where Poroshenko uh, came and they had this meeting and all of it was lies. All of it was designed to fill their tanks with gas, replenish their weapons and start part two. And they then started part two like uh, three months later. And uh, that's when Putin said, "Okay, enough. We're going to have to go in. And then 2022. But what before the Ukrainian NATO army was poised to make a, a blitzkrieg smashing hit into the last parts of, of uh, Western Ukraine, before they could pull the trigger, Russia pulled the trigger. And Russia yeah. sent a special military operation, not a war, didn't declare war. It just said, we're sending a special military operation to protect the people of Donbass. Now, keep this in mind, Jeff. They did it legally because what happened was Donbass, all these republics, Lugansk, Donetsk, Crimea, all had a vote and said, do we want to be part of Rubble, uh, Russia or Ukraine? And 90% of the people said Russia. So they had a vote, just like Americans had a vote. Do you want to be part of Britain or do you want to be the United States of America? They were the United States of America. So what the Ukrainians in Western Ukraine did is the same thing the Americans did in 1776. And, so and Putin had lined up all of his troops on the border for months ahead of time. So like yeah. he was giving every opportunity for this to back out. And I'm not saying that Putin's a good guy. Uh, you don't get to be the president of Russia by being a real good guy. Well, <laughs> That's my opinion. I, I'll tell you this. I, I say Putin's a good guy and I like Putin. I like Putin because I uh, because all of the, the West hates his guts. And uh, anybody the West hates, I like. Because the West is full of sickness, disease, sin, wickedness, and deceit. That's my black and white view now. I mean, uh, I've heard the narratives, but I don't buy into the uh, the propaganda about Putin. I mean, he's a he's loved by his people, but you know, I I'll, I'll say I like Putin, and I'll never uh, you know go into the camp of well, he's bad news and all that. I just won't do it because there's a bigger war at play here. And uh, Putin has navigated the survival of his people. Putin navigated the survival of his country when it was. And he went to the gold back standard, everything, which, which, by the way, which was Qaddafi was trying to do. And same yeah. with uh, Saddam yeah. Hussein. Yeah. So that's yeah. why those guys got killed. That's why there was invasions yeah. happened. But and, and Putin you know has managed to navigate it and successfully do it. And if he killed some oligarchs that were in Russia that were stealing Russian oil and gas and forest uh, resources and selling them to the CIA, I would have killed him too. I would have killed him and, and hung their bodies on a scarecrow like in Planet of the Apes to say to every oligarch, you do what this guy did and you're going to get the same and your families. Uh, so I, I, I well, listen, I, I, I've always said I, I like a strong leader who actually does something for his people. Yeah, and he has been he doing has. that. So let's just look at this now, Scott, because, you know, it was the NATO thing that eventually, at least publicly, that's what set off this war, the NATO yeah. threatening going into Ukraine, everything else. So that was U.S. foreign policy. U.S. controls yeah. NATO. Yes. And it's yeah. my theory, well, it's not even a theory, I'm pretty confident in the statement, that the U.S. foreign policy is driven by Israeli uh, control over our Congress and Senate and presidency uh, over our government, yeah. essentially. So this is a proxy war by Israel yes. that is happening yeah. there. Yes. And, but there, if the, now, if, if I'm correct, 
Why would they do that? Well, the United States can fight their wars on behalf, but it also depletes the United States severely, and it has. Well, they have no love or respect for the United States. Netanyahu has said in the past the United States is a cow that they were going to milk and then chop up and butcher. Uh, Netanyahu is is a representative of the Talmudist Zionist. Uh, if you're not Talmudist Zionist uh, fake Jew, you're a goyim, and if you're a goyim, that means you don't deserve to live. You're you're there to serve them. You're you're less than an animal. That's the attitude, the ideology, and the religious demonism behind the Talmudists. Uh, so the Talmudist, Zionist, Khazarian, Ashkenazi, fake Jew is what represents the Israeli government. And the American Christian church and, and others have been deceived into this uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you know. Uh, uh, Christianity and, and uh, Israel is united. All of that is lies. All of that is propaganda from the Schofield Bible and the and the and the larger psychological operation that's going on for a hundred years. But um, I think Americans are waking up out of that. But Christian Zionism has been nothing but a a cult of Christianity. Uh, but uh, Israel and its uh, current murder and Palestinian genocide. Uh, they were participatory in Ukraine. They had 2,000 Mossad agents that were in Ukraine teaching the Ukrainians how to do torture and waterboarding against Russians. They were uh, uh, a lot of Jewish money was trying to buy up uh, Odessa and a lot of property before Russia went in. Uh, of course, George Soros uh, buying up uh, land and all sorts of other things. Well, and BlackRock's uh, got the contract to yeah. rebuild it. So, you know, they, they, they can't lose. Well, they can. And here's how. And I've said it on RT. This is how they should lose if I was Russia. When Russia pushes through, and they are pushing through and they're winning this Ukrainian, Ukraine under Zelensky, a fake Jew, another uh, fake Jew. And remember that whole area of Khazaria, the Khazarian Empire. Mm -hmm. We had Joe Dustin Nemos, and he, and he really went through a lot of this. That whole area was part of Ukraine, Khazaria, and that's where a lot of these uh, fake Jew Israelis came from. So, the synagogue of Satan. Yeah, 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 the synagogue of Satan. And and I think they wanted to replant, repopulate Ukraine. And for that reason, Zelensky has killed and drafted and slaughtered 500,000 Christian Orthodox Ukrainians. And he's a fake Jew who plays a piano with his penis. He's, a, he's done all sorts of homosexual entertainment. I mean, he's a He's a degenerate of degenerate, backed by another fake Jew, Kolomoisky, who is uh, allegedly, you know, in prison. But I, I, you know, they're all they're all part of this scam, and uh, uh, they they've destroyed Ukraine. And Russia has never invaded. It's always set up a defensive perimeter, so the Ukrainians have been pushed like logs into a sawmill, and now they've got nothing. They don't have any men. They've 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 burned up the entire population, which they didn't need to do because Russia wanted to make peace and, and have talks in 2022. They wanted to sit down with uh, Zelensky and the Ukrainians. And just when they had, had went in to the Donbass, Russia wanted to sit down and say, OK, here's our terms. You're not going to be pointing missiles at Russia. You're not going to be a part of NATO because then that would mean NATO weapons are on your soil aimed at Russia. That's not going to happen. And you're not going to have Nazis in your government outlawing Russian language, Russian culture. Uh, you, we're not going to fight Nazis again. We've already done it in World War II. We're not going to do it again. 
And and the, the, the World War II, they called the Great Patriotic War for a reason. It's because, as you know, they lost more people than any other country. They, they celebrate the deaths of uh, all of their relatives holding pictures of them who fought in World War II against the Nazis. Millions and millions of Russians lost. So it means something more to them than it does to Americans or Britons or French. Uh, they, have, they have a spectacular memory and a, and, a, and a disgust for Nazism. So all of this stuff regurgitating itself uh, is triply offensive to the Russians. So they went in to try and make a deal. Zelensky was told by Boris Johnson, who flew in to Ukraine yeah. and said, no, you won't make any deal. You know, Joe Biden, Boris Johnson, George Soros, whoever the whole uh, cabal was, they would not allow Zelensky to make a peace deal. And as a result, Zelensky's country is is destroyed and everyone in it is almost destroyed. So Russia is now going to push all the way to the Polish border. It's going to take everything along the Black Sea, uh, Odessa, uh, a whole bunch of other territories. It's going to retake Ukraine. And I've said, and here's it comes to your question, how they stop BlackRock and these other uh, carpetbaggers from benefiting. Uh, I've said on, pre, uh, on on RT and such, look, you need to go in and tear up every deed of every piece of property and every building that has any Western name on it. Tear it up and say, no, you're done. You're kicked out. Uh, we're confiscating everything as, uh, you know, profits of war. And uh, we're going to decide who uh, owns property in Ukraine and who rebuilds it. They'll probably give it to the Chinese and the Indians. Well, maybe the, not the Indians. To the winner go the spoils, right? Like, why didn't right. we do that in Iraq? That's exactly that's exactly right. Right. So they're going to push through, and Zelensky is either going to be dead. They'll kill him uh, and put up. I think a woman, uh, uh, Timoshenko, the the girl with the braids around her hair. I think they're going to put her up to try and be. The little Chinaman who sat and who stood in front of a tank in Tiananmen Square in the 1990s, remember that? Mm -hmm. They're going to try and put up a Ukrainian woman politician to stop the, the Russian uh, push all the way through. But I, I've said to them, you need to not stop. You need to push all the way through, go to the Kiev parliament and do what Cromwell did. Kick out every Ukrainian parliamentarian, put them under arrest, and like we did the Nazis, and chain that door, chain that building shut, and do what Cromwell did. You shut it, you close it, you have new elections. But you decide who is coming in and who's not. Because you can't have U.S. CIA Nazi uh, secret operatives coming into the parliament and, and, and doing, uh, you know, over the next 10 years, everything you fought against. So that's been my recommendation. Close down the entire Ukrainian government, have new elections. Uh, and tear up every uh, receipt that from BlackRock to uh, all of the pharmaceutical companies, everything that America and the West and, and even uh, British, French, anything Western that's in Ukraine, burn it out like a diseased, leprous, uh, you know, piece of sickness. You just got to get rid of. So we'll see if they do that. And, you know, and again, it's it's for purity purposes. If they if they go in and resurrect Ukraine and say we're not trying to control the people, but yeah, we're not going to be threatened, and uh, there's a way they should have been a neutral state in the beginning. Jeff, had Ukraine gone the way of Switzerland, we would never have had this problem. And I said that from the very beginning. Everything I said in the beginning of this has proven right. 
Uh, I thought the Russians would go in and within three months destroy the entire country, but they didn't. Why? Because they didn't want to kill Slavics. They didn't want to kill Ukrainians. That's the thing the West didn't understand. It's not because Russia didn't have the capability. It's because it didn't want to kill their cousins. They're blood connected. They are intermarried. They go back uh, 500 years. Yeah, of history. Of That's right. So the Russians didn't want to do this. But Zelensky and America and Germany and NATO and and uh, the 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 you know the Jen Stoltenberg and and all of these scumbags Macron, jo uh, Boris Johnson, Liz Truss, Rishi Shunak, all of these garbage eating scums uh, have have uh, fomented this war, and it's it's about to collapse. Russia is going to take control and own it. Now the other thing that's happened as a result is we're pivoting towards Israel. Israel uh, did this Gaza uh, attack. It wasn't a bunch of Palestinians and hang gliders flying not. in. It was Israel doing its own 9-11 self-inflicted attack, waiting seven hours before they went in. Then they went in with their Apache helicopters and tanks and destroyed everything, blaming it on Hamas. But you don't burn up 100 cars with uh, rocket-propelled grenades. You do that with Apache helicopters and firebombs and other things. That's how you turn a whole a junkyard of cars gray uh, where you've burned off every scape of paint. That's from specialized weapons. So the Israelis did this to push out and, and, and create this war, and their agenda has been to depopulate Gaza so they could... Uh, take over the oil fields, the gas fields in the Mediterranean and build this Ben-Gurion water canal from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. That was their agenda. Oil control, energy control. And they thought they were going to get away with it. But what they've done is they've rallied every Muslim Arabic country from Turkey to Syria to Iraq to Pakistan to Iran to Kuwait, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, North Africa, Malaysia, and Indonesia, they're all, and South Africa's just filed uh, a war crimes uh, complaint in the International Criminal Court against Israel. The entire Muslim Arabic world is united against Israel for what it's doing. Jordan and Egypt are barely hanging on because their people are so furious. They're ready to all march and go to war. Yemen has stood up, and now they're doing this naval blockade, uh, saying, We'll end the naval blockade when Israel ends its genocide against women and children and stops bombing and killing these children and, and all this other stuff. So that's how the Middle East is shaping up. Now, the West is uh, putting itself in a position foolishly thinking that they're going to go in and they're going to be the big dog and everyone's going to settle down. No, the big dog is going to be killed uh, by a million chihuahuas. And, uh, it, you know, you're going to have your naval ships, like you said before, a Gulf of Tonkin moment, Yemenis, you're going to have every ship in the Mediterranean and the Red Sea sunk if, if we're not careful. And if we pick a fight with Iran and we, we fire missiles or do something against Iran, Iran has some of the best missile technology around. And they have been planning for this for decades. And they would, they would shut down the Persian Gulf. They would shut down the Red Sea. Russia would come to Iran's assistance with their own uh, mm -hmm. missile technology. It's and almost with, biblical. <laughs> yeah, well, Persians, right? And and you would have the, the America and Israel and Ukraine against Russia, China, 
and, and all the Arab and Muslim worlds. And they would control the energy reserves. And guess what they'd also do? They'd drop the dollar. And that uh, dropping the dollar could set us back to the same condition that the ruble was uh, going to zero. So the dollar could collapse because of the foreign policy suicide of the Biden administration. Now, why would they do this? Seems to me like they need a war to declare martial law and set us on this police state where they can keep Donald Trump off the ballot and keep Republicans out of politics uh, so they don't get, uh, they don't have a Nuremberg hearing. Look at what's happening to Hunter Biden and all the rest of it. It's all coming out that Hunter Biden, I said this last night on an interview, and people were beating up Hunter Biden and you know, joking and laughing about him. And I said, this isn't a laughing matter. This man is a criminal and a traitor who is at the heart of selling secrets to China, has been part of Ukraine's uh, human trafficking. He's got photographs. I've got a buddy of mine who was in the army who looked at the laptop. He's got photographs on that laptop of him with little girls that make Epstein look like a choir girl. The There's Chinese people. released that two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so the FBI just covered the fact well. that it came from China, right? You know, and uh, but you know, Scott, because you're a psychological warfare expert. You know, for a longest time, Democrats get away with everything. Republicans don't get away with anything, right? You know, that's kind of been the perception. You know, Trump is being charged, but yet the blatant uh, corruption and everything on the left, you know, it, it's almost like a humiliation exercise for us. And they're, they're saying that there will be no justice, right? And, and you have no chance to bring justice. It makes government seem like they are above us. And it's a false reality that has been forced upon the American people. And you brought up J6. I didn't really want to get into it, but the whole exercise of J6, even though we know what happened, it has been effective. It has been effective. Americans have not risen up like that since. Well, I, I was there in Washington, just as a side note, I was there in Washington, D.C. in November of 2020. I was invited to be part of an uh, analytical team uh, looking at the election uh, issues and the fraud issues for Donald Trump. I was there with a whole a team of people, some of which were military, uh, and we gave depositions. And I met Pat Byrne. He was running or managing or paying for the team that was there. Pat Byrne and Joe Flynn, the brother of Michael Flynn, Michael Flynn, Giuliani, Sidney Powell. They all knew me. They all knew uh, the other people that were there. Pat Berge, who's a former Army PSYOP uh, cyber guy, uh, and Stephen Pigeon, a, a constitutional attorney, and uh, some other uh, military people. We were all there doing forensics, and I presented two things. I presented the Union Bank of Switzerland connection to the Chinese Communist Party that went back to 2008 that had come to me from my shell game, <coughs> shell game research when I was in the Army and debriefed Brad Birkenfeld about all of the Swiss bank accounts uh, and hundreds of millions of dollars that the Clinton, and, the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton State Department and Barack Obama and Joe Biden were using to money launder the Arab Spring and operations in Libya and Syria and Ukraine and elsewhere. It was all coming from Union Bank of Switzerland, confiscated accounts uh, and black accounts. Uh, I wrote that up in Shell Game and UBS was the key bank. Well, the Chinese Communist Party worked with UBS to uh, 
purchased Staple through Staple Street Capital, purchased Dominion, ESNS, and voting uh, Premier Voting Machine. Mm -hmm. So the Chinese Communist Party has a direct connection to these electronic voting machines that determine the election of of Joe Biden. And I presented that uh, to Pat Byrne, to Joe Flynn, to Sidney Powell, to Rudy Giuliani. I did affidavits on it. I presented it to an ambassador to get it to Trump. I presented it to a lot of different people that were there uh, and said, here's what I have on UBS. This demands uh, that the election be uh, suspended and this particular issue ex uh, exploited and investigated by NSA, by CIA by uh, competent government authorities that weren't traitors. Independent military experts can come in and look at this. But here's UBS and the Chinese Communist Party. I gave it to Gosar. His his campaign people contacted me. I said, here's what I have. So I was on the ground, boots on the ground in Washington. And I also presented documents from the AFL-CIO, a big left-wing union that ran the post office, ran all sorts of other uh, federal employee unions. AFL-CIO, uh, that uh, planned with the senior executive service, which is the permanent government bureaucrat deep state, you could say, planned with them to shut down Washington, block streets, and engage in all sorts of hooliganism, which I said, this is, uh, we need to brand them domestic terrorists because they're planning on disrupting Trump's election. We were all under the uh, impression that Everything was going to be revealed and counted and audited and recounted. And at the end of the day, it was going to be found out that Trump won the election uh, without a doubt. Uh, so we were under that impression. It was all going to be audited and reviewed. And I, I said, AFL-CIO is, is planning to disrupt this operation between November and January. The end of January, we predicted we could have gone all the way into February. Because the Constitution is written that you have all of these safety right. valves and processes, you know, you don't you don't rush into the election. You can you can halt the election. You can halt the counts. You can do all sorts of stuff, and you can even say we're going to have to go to Plan B, which is to have the legislature vote for the president. Each state will vote in the House of Representatives for the president. That's Plan B. So we expected Plan B, if nothing else. But I said domestic terrorists are planning on disrupting the election whole process in Washington. That was November 23rd, 2020. And what, less than uh, two months later, January 6th happened. Now, were the CIA and bad guys listening to our conversations? There were a lot of speculation they were because there were white vans all over the hotels. We had to be moved to different hotels because of uh, spying operations. And, well, the NSA uh, doesn't uh, miss anything. And we had nothing to hide. We were we were there doing our duty. But all of this was known before it happened. So just as a segue, the January 6th event was a PSYOP. They did all of this to suspend the vote count. And then Pence, the closet homosexual traitor, uh, and uh, others voted to Langford, the other redheaded scumbag out of Oklahoma that I know personally, uh, who refused to to uh, do anything on the shell game revelations? Langford and Pence and all bunch of other rhinos voted to push the votes through and get Joe Biden in. Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. He has uh, not been duly elected by the American people. He is a fraud. He has been put in there and hijacked. And we've been in the civil war ever since. It hasn't gone kinetic, but that's a long way of saying, Jeff. I do predict this year, 2024. 
they are going to engage in false flag attacks, uh, all sorts of internal domestic disruption uh, to trigger in this uh, police state civil war. Uh, they may assassinate Joe Biden. I think they're going to put Gavin Newsom into the vice presidency, and then they can put Gavin Newsom directly in to replace uh, Joe Biden. Kamala Harris is not a natural born citizen. She could be stopped by the House. But if they put Gavin Newsom in, uh, he could be uh, put up to the presidency if they kill Joe Biden and blame it on a Trump supporter or blame it on Iran, which they're they're desperate to do. The Democrats are trying to overthrow the, the table that the chess game is being yes. played upon. They're not going to win, so they're going to try and overthrow the table. And that's a false flag. That's power outages. That's attacks. That's alien, uh, you know false invasions using advanced technology we see we've seen some glimmers of that uh all it, and uh, look at the southern border you're invading this country with third world people from africa central america and south america who are going to come up and do a feeding frenzy uh and cause all sorts of disruptions in our cities uh, you know no doubt this is an army being prepared to to initiate the fall of rome the fall of the united states do you think there will be like a two, three week long purge of some kind? I think based on my personal character and the character of people that I work with and know, and, and uh, you know, I've grown up in California and, and there's better states in California when it comes to militant uh, defending of your rights using the Second Amendment. I expect this country's uh, patriotic military veteran uh, men and women, but men will be forced to rise up because of the persecution of the left and the Democrats and all of these, uh, you know, these these Nazis, these fascists. They will they will awaken the sleeping giant of Americans, and Americans will say, "We're done with Washington D.C." We're done with the federal government. We are going back to states, counties in Texas and California and Idaho and elsewhere, Florida. Uh, diagonal land will be birthed again from Florida, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, you know, Louisiana, uh, uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, Dakotas, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, all the way up to Alaska. Uh, you're you're going to have forget Seattle, forget parts of California. Uh, but you're going to have the emergence of a new, um, a, a new great awakening, a new revolution in this country. And it doesn't mean they're going to be marching in the streets or having rebel flags or any of that nonsense. It just means I think uh, our country is going to return to local control and they're not going to recognize. Uh, and, and I've said this for a while. Abbott, and that's what Trump was always pushing, quite honestly, is the independent states. Yeah, well, that's how the country was supposed to be. It's We have degenerated over 150, 200 years with the increasing encroachment of the federal government. Federal federal attorneys, federal judges, uh, There, you know, there wasn't supposed to be any federal judges doing federal crimes and federal statutes. The federal judges were to negotiate interstate differences, and the Supreme Court was to rule on the, on the, on the, the constitutional issues. And we have totally turned into a cancer over 200 years. And we've got far too many fake laws. Look at the, the Act of 1870. That's the great flip where they create the, the new government, right? And, and switch us off of, and no one really knew about it, knows about it. But that's where we got to go back to. And I think it will. I think all of their actions 
is going to trigger a rising in America. And if they get kinetic with certain America, it, again, it's not going to be it's going to, it's, I don't think it's an if Scott, it, it's well, got they'll to, be, they'll be extinguished very quickly because conservative Republicans have something to fight for their children their grandchildren. They don't want their children cutting off their penises and growing up into transgenders, and they will fight to the death to stop it. And if they have to go in and remove uh, teachers who are trying to push that propaganda, they'll do it. And if the teachers say, well, I've got a right, I'll see you in your court, uh, they won't even recognize the court or the teacher. The teacher will probably be lucky to live. I think people are so tired and sick and furious at this fascist wokeism that has tried to be rammed down people's throats in the last 10 years that has decimated our military and our military leaders are complete failures uh, because no one stood up to it. Abbott, the Texas governor, could have deployed his National Guard oh, yeah. and said, I want the National Guard from every state to send me 100 men. He's a rhino. Volunteers would have come down and man the border and saying, nope, no one gets across this border because it would be an act of treason, it would be an act of invasion. We're not recognizing the Refugee Resettlement Act that you're trying to use. These aren't refugees. These are invading migrants, and you're being, you're bringing them in to commit a uh, color revolution in America. We're not allowing it. Abbott didn't do that. He flew him to Martha's Vineyard. Well, how funny and cute is that? But you've, you've allowed all of these millions and millions That's and millions of people to come up in the border. And guess what? If the dollar goes to zero, because everybody in the Middle East and the world is pissed off at America for destroying the world. Destroying I'd say when it goes to zero, because it's almost there now. When it, it goes to zero. Up artificially. What, what are, what are, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to have things stealing. You're going to have stealing. You're going to have conf uh, you're going to have abduction of little girls and little boys to be sold into sex trafficking. You're going to have uh, uh, home invasions, stealing uh, gangs. That's going to flare up, and that's what's going to trigger the patriots to flare up in response and be uh, merciless, ruthless. And uh, I played and a uh, video a couple weeks ago. Uh, is one minute long, and it was just like a patriotic guy. And he said, it's basically the story of the man who just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. And when he rises up, you know, he's going to fight with a holy vengeance because he knows his life will never be the same. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, I think I think our generation is certainly capable of that. Yeah, uh, we've, well, that's we've it. seen so much. Um, I have a couple questions for you before we wrap up here uh actually three of them i'd like to get to if you is your time okay yeah 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 go ahead so the first one is because of all of the psychological operations that are going on and it keep it's keeping people confused it's keeping people looking in the wrong directions mm -hmm. really straightforward question and you would know is the government capable of keeping a secret no, no, because there are people with a chain of custody of the material that have a choice. Either be loyal to the Constitution, like Ed Snowden was, uh, be loyal to the Constitution and the people the Constitution was created to protect by exposing and divulging crimes and illegal activity being done against them. Either expose that to stop it and punish those who are doing it, or remain silent and remain a part of it and be aiding and abetting it. That's the simple choice you have. So the government can't can't keep anything secret because the government is is a is a creation of people. 
It is it, the government isn't a robot. Robotic. They compartmentalize it quite it's, a bit, right? So no one gets the full picture. Every yeah, but they can. But everybody in every compartment, I know because I was at the highest levels of the State Department, the SOCOM, CENTCOM, Army, Pentagon. I was in different compartments, but every compartment had uh, people, and and there takes one person uh, in every compartment to be the patriot, to be the Snowden, uh, to be uh, someone that takes the material. Or, or remembers it and goes and expels it and, and shares it with the American people. And the American Congress is what is supposed to be the remedy. The House of Representatives, if I went to the uh, House of Representatives, uh, a member with material, and I have, I went to Jeff's, or uh, uh, my Congressman DeSaulnier in California when I got back and I said, here's my book, here's my report. I'm a military officer. There's terrorist financing going on and the Clinton Foundation and other people are involved. This is 2016. Mm -hmm. He did nothing with it. He should be executed for treason. It's a captured uh, operation. It's a captured operation. But it is always possible uh, for good people to stand up. And there is no there is no government without the people's consent. And there is no action by a government without the people's consent. So that's where we have to get back to because the Democrats and the and the rhinos look at everyone like uh, slaves to their plantation, and they're the enlightened ones that are up at the top floor. No, literally, and they need to be put back in their place. So, without a doubt, uh, we're we're moving in that direction. Look at Tucker Carlson; he's emblematic of that. He's a symptom of the awakening. Uh, Snowden, myself, Julian Assange, Brad Birkenfeld. All the whistleblowers who came out from the FBI that mm -hmm. in the last few years have said the, the FBI has, has gone off the rails. The IRS, you're abusing and targeting American citizens using the courts and the abuse of the courts and the FISA courts going after Trump, Papadopoulos, uh, Carter Page. Epoch Times has done a very good job uh, uh, laying out the timeline of all of that. The, the FBI covering up the Hunter Biden laptop and the Chinese Communist Party influence operations with him and all sorts of other other money, never mind uh, uh, photographs and videos of him with underage girls. The FBI covered up all of that to hide. And breaking uh, their bones while raping them, uh, just yeah. to be graphic. Yeah. Videos yeah. out there, folks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 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 I said that it, it makes Jeffrey Epstein look like a choir girl. And uh, all of this was done by the FBI. That's why no American county or state should recognize the FBI as having any authority, any jurisdiction. There may be good people in it. There may be good people that can be uh, turned into something else. But this institution, as other people have said, needs to be burned to the ground as, a, as an emblem. This is what we do to traitors. We burn them to the ground. If you're not a traitor, okay, prove it. And uh, we can create an FBI 2.0. But uh, it, quite frankly, I don't think the FBI should exist at all, at, at mm -hmm. all. I mean, that was created by the Democrats in the, the, the 1930s, I think it was. The CIA caters to the elites. The FBI is their cleanup crew. I just call it what it is. Yep. Um, yep. And I'm not saying the average man there, but you know what? I, I One of my frequent guests who's been on the show, Michelle Stefanik, she, she just like you said, you know, they took an oath. Yep. You go against your oath. That's treason. Yes. yes. Hang them high, right? Yep. Um, so one other thing with these psychological operations, and, and you had mentioned the Middle East. I wanted to touch on it because I really think that they're gonna, they've are gonna they been preparing us 
for the sh the sinking of a U.S. naval asset out there. Uh, they've been telegraphing this, and of course they had you know had it right from 50 years ago when it happened to the U.S. Liberty, I think it was, and now they're saying it's all in danger and all the Arabs. They, they want to drag us into war and get those military assets out, you know, in foreign land, it seems. Do you think that's likely? I think they are uh, They are going to maybe do a, a simultaneous operation where they sink a ship uh, in the Gulf of Tonkin moment. And they sink a ship or they claim, you know, they provoke a Yemen strike and they set off their own. What they would do is send a ship into a Yemen area and uh, try and provoke the Yemenis to fire a grenade or something. And then they would blow up the ship from within using their own C4 explosives and stuff. And, uh, you know, cry wolf, you know, say, oh, they shot us. They, they sunk our ship. Uh, they could do that. Kind of like what happened on October 7th. Same yeah. drill. That's exactly right. Now, simultaneous to that, they would set off a internal... Uh, attack in the United States like an Oklahoma bombing and claim it was done by a Iranian Hezbollah agent that is uh, snuck into the country. And I, I've said... Uh, I know, they've, they've set the stage for that. Yeah. And see, I know in my heart and my experience, the Iranians are not a threat. The Iranians are not fanatics. They don't hate Americans. They don't. They 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 don't. Agree we used with to be them. close to them yeah. as Americans. They have yeah. the same values as we do. They do. They do. And they're intelligent, sophisticated. They're not Arabs. They don't wear man dresses. They're they're dressed in suits. Their women are not persecuted. They're not all forced to wear the hot job. I was there twice. I've never experienced uh, anything uh, untoward by the Iranians. I remember, and I'll share this just as sort of a little, little, uh, you know, uh, joke, I guess, playfulness. When I was, I, I went all over Iran with a team of people. We went to speak to universities, right? And I, I'm on their TV all the time. They know me. And uh, I was over and flying down to, uh, flying down to uh, the General Soleimani's tomb in this area of Kershan. And uh, I saw his tomb and, it, you know, I'll tell you on a side note, it broke my heart when I was down there because I saw all of these women and children at the tombs of their dead husbands or, or brothers or fathers. And all of these guys had died fighting ISIS. They had designated parts of the cemetery. And I, I went and I'm looking and they're looking up at me and I knew they were thinking, you know, your government did this. Your government funds ISIS. Your government is made up of ice. You created them to use them to overthrow Syria. And, uh, they, you know, you have special forces guys with tattoos. They're photographed as being part of ISIS. That's the Israelis great. give them medical support. So I, I had the Iranian women looking up at me, and I, it really kind of tore me up a little bit. But when I was flying out, I had, uh, you know, I was in the airport. It was, it was a very relaxed place. And I had girls in the airport as I'm walking around, you know, looking at the counters for the perfumes and all the other stuff. And, the, you know, the little tick. I had these girls working behind the counter, like four of them. And they said, oh, you beautiful man. And I thought, you know, the Iran and they're smiling and happy. How many American women, you know, say something that joyful and confident and playful? These are Iranian women that they're dressed, you know, not in dresses, not in the full hot job or anything like that they had scarves on their head but they were pulled far back but they're, they were they're dressed modestly modestly yeah they were dressed modestly as i wish american women would 
dressed mm -hmm. modestly, giggly, happy, smiley, confident. And it, it really struck me like, wow, this is this is a this is a happy nation and a happy people. So I don't have any fear of the Iranians doing anything bad to Americans or the American people or the American infrastructure. I think that is all a psyop yeah. to 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 prepare the ground. It's done by the American government. Yeah. And uh, so Iran won't do anything, but they will pretend like they did, uh, you know, in 9-11. Oh, it's all these Muslims that blew up our, our flew planes into the buildings, right? Well, the planes have been disproven as ever happening. I, I mean, I won't go into that, but the whole 9-11 thing was a complete fraud. But they're going to do the same thing here. They're going to they're gonna set off internal strikes, blame it on, uh, I would think, Hezbollah or Iran or who knows what to justify uh, an attack upon uh, Iran. But I'll tell you this, it's not going to work because Russia and China and Iran will stand together. And every every uh, ping pong ball that America tries to hit Iran with, uh, the, the response will be bowling balls hurled at American ships and American bases. And we will have our asses kicked like we've never had them before. Well, and, and don't forget, Iran is really strong in cyber stuff as well. And oh, there's, yeah. Your, yeah. there's your cyber EMP. and Yeah. And, it, it you know, they'll do it piecemeal. They'll, they'll you know, if we, if we punch them, they'll punch us back and break our nose. If we hit them in the arm, they'll break our arm. And I'm not saying that in any uh, exaggerated way. They have superior numbers, superior technology. And I think the moral and divine blessing that the United States does not. And here's where the spiritual reality comes in. God does not bless the abomination of desolation or the despicable culture that we've tried to generate and advance in wokeism, nor does he support the genocide uh, that we've been launching since 9-11. He doesn't bless that. All of the, the the evils that are coming upon this country now have been sown by our own actions in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Syria, and now... Uh, and, and let, me, let me add to that, because some people are going to hear that and say, hold on, American, we are the most praying, the most giving nation, and everything else. Those things are true. Yeah. But sure. we have not stopped the government from doing it complacency yeah. is being a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you have to make a personal prayer and a dedication to say, father in heaven, I do, I have nothing to do with the bloodshed that they're doing. I renounce it. I cast it off. I have nothing to do with their evil. Uh, do I make this proclamation before uh, heaven and the angels above that I do not want any of this account put to my, my name. And it may sound kind of uh, imaginative and weird, but you're making a declaration in the spiritual eternity that you're telling God what we're doing. And, and if there's any bloodshed, if there's any evil, it's similar to what Job did, Jeff. Remember Job yeah. prayed for his children and God counted him the most righteous man. And Job prayed for his children. If in case they sin, he didn't know, but he said, if if my children have sinned, forgive them. He, he, ple he pleaded with God. And I think the same thing needs to happen now. Americans need to be like Job. And we need to make declarations to God and say, we repent. We're sorry for what we've done. We cover ourselves in sackcloth and ashes. And we ask the Lord to give us a revival like Nineveh when Jonah came out 
and and uh, pr uh, pray, uh, declared to Nineveh, you'll be destroyed in 90 days. I'll put it this way. I, they, I they, they turned around. They turned <laughs> around. And that's the hope that America will turn around, that America will vomit out of its body politic, the homosexuality, transgender, lunacy, every foul thing that we've infected our culture with will be vomited out uh, from our counties, from our towns, from our states. And we won't allow any legal, uh, uh, unlawful, uh, you know, violation to, to come into our culture, come into our schools. People need to repent and they need to declare that repentance and say, we have nothing to do uh, with bloodshed in Gaza or any of the evils in Ukraine or anything else. We, we want to uh, uh, be pure from that. And I think that's important for people's own spiritual uh, healing. Because it's like saying, I'm not having anything to do with that. And, and uh, I, I am declaring that I am uh, independent of any of your actions. It's like someone, you know, someone well, trying to get you to go along with a crime. I'm not going along with your crime. I'm divorcing myself. I'm not having anything to do with it. If people do that, Jeff, I think we really will quicken our spiritual uh, revival. Recovery. Recovery, yep. because recovery. It, I, I'm glad you brought up Job, because it almost does feel like a Job moment that we're going to go through. Yeah, you know, and I haven't heard anyone else say that before. That was really good. Uh, a final question for you, and I, you've probably got this a lot. Um, you know, on this channel, we haven't fallen much into the Q stuff, um, although I think there's truth in it. Uh, the one, the one position that we've taken here on Right on Radio is that no matter what you think of it, Q is real, and it is a real psychological operation. Now, who's behind it? I don't know. I don't know for sure. Uh, but what a, a, lot, a lot of the things the Q people think is that Trump, Putin, and Xi are working together to bring down the old guard of the world. What do you think are the possibilities of that? Well, it's all it's it's always a possibility. Anything's possible. I'd like to think that. I, I really would. I'd like I I I'd like to think for the best and hope for the best. But I always plan for the worst, and I'm I'm uh, always sort of a little cynical on a lot of the stuff. But I hope for the best. Um, it it certainly would seem natural in a sense. Uh, you know, I've heard the things and watched the videos about Trump going to Saudi Arabia and doing the sword dance, and then going to Israel, and then going to the Pope, and then going to the King and the Queen, and all that. And I'd like to think that, but uh, I don't put all my eggs in that basket. I kind of look and go, okay, we'll see. Because you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is me, myself, and I, and where I'm at, where where I can make a difference, who I can influence how I can stand up and defend and uh, attack evil. And that's in my county, in my town, in my 10 mile by 10 mile. And that's where it starts. In the churches in my area. I can be a light in my area, like the, the bat light in the sky, but I can't be it in Idaho or any other place because I'm not there. So you you have to focus on where you are, uh, you know, uh, in, in your own hometown. Now, the Q thing. Uh, everything that I kind of saw on Q and I didn't study it religiously, but I agreed in, with everything that was coming out. I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Some of it, if I remember, uh, was, you know, it was sort of like uh, just sit back and things will happen. I thought, yeah, I'm not one to sit back. Yeah, I'm enjoy gonna... the show. I don't think so. I'm not I'm, enjoying it. 
no, I'm in the fight. And and quite and again, I was there in Washington and I saw the overthrow of Trump and I've seen everything that came after Trump was overthrown and Biden, you know, came in and a fake inauguration has been a train wreck and our country's been a train wreck and ruined and destroyed and Ukraine and now Gaza and the dollar and immigrant migrants coming across the southern border. It's acts of trading treason. And the mm -hmm. fact that nobody in Capitol Hill including Republicans, including Rand Paul, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, is failing to stand up and really call it treason and, and uh, you know, act like the guy saying, I'm as mad as hell and not going to take it anymore. I want to see someone up there at the podium throwing books in the air. I want to see someone up there so full of, of pissed off vim and vigor, they, they scare the shit out of everybody who's watching TV. I want to see that. And where are the local sheriffs as well, yeah, by the way? Well, that's it. That's There's the guys that can actually make a difference right now. Yes. Go into your local local state legislatures and drag them out and put them behind bars yeah. and await a trial. Yeah, that's that's the key is sheriffs control their counties and their counties are, are they can determine which laws are constitutional and are not because the sheriffs are voted by the people. That's and right. People don't like him. They can get rid of him. But they put the the power of the sheriff to defend their constitutional rights. Every sheriff worth a damn should have said, Gavin Newsom or other governors, we don't recognize your COVID-19 protocols. Not a school, not a church, not a business will be shutting down, period. Trump should have said that. And we gave him an executive order to say no American will be forced to get a vaccine. He didn't sign it. How much death and bloodshed is on his hands because of this vaccine that he put in in warp speed? So, you know, this whole Q thing, uh, I agreed with a lot of it, but I don't rely on any of it. I don't rely on any man. I, I uh, follow where I go and I pray and I, I let God open the doors. He creates the, the moments of conflict uh, or, or, you know, not conflict, but I mean our, our actions. So I would say to people, don't rely on this Q thing. It may have been good. It may have been corrupted. It may have been bad from the beginning. Who knows? But we're now in 2024. Forget the past and, and push and run the race as, and fight the fight like it all depends on you. And that means build a team. Take your team to your local churches. Take control of those churches. Jettison, expel, get rid of bad pastors and put up real manly men. Uh, uh, use those churches to build bigger teams. Those churches interconnect with each other. Those churches can work with the Hindu temples and others uh, because it's not a religious mission we're on. It's a political constitutional, a political integrity mission. You know, it's like the Mayflower pilgrims when they came over. Uh, if there was a band of bad Indians that was hurting a band of good Indians, they made friends with the good Indians and say, hey, your enemy is our enemy. Let's work together. We don't worship your gods, but we can at least defend against, uh, you know, the Aztecs that are coming at us. So that's what we need to do is be an ecumenical political uh, force of Christians that will go into our community. And then you also go to each school and say, no, every teacher that's pushing LGBT, gone. Principals who do this, gone. School board members who do this, gone. And uh, if you don't, then uh, we'll take legal action against you. And worse, I mean, we're getting to a point where I think people are going to say, no, we're, we're done. If, if you're trying to push this on children, uh, we're, we're done with you. And you're be, you'll be lucky to escape with your life, your car, your house. I think we're going to that level because uh, the, 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 the people have been so 
oppressed and and uh, poisoned by this wokeism that has been forced down their throat by like Merrick Garland, the FBI. This has been all an agenda to demasculinize men, uh, uh, feminize them, and and masculinize women. I, I mean, taking guys and letting them swim in women's races, run in women's sports. Where are men standing up for their daughters? I mean, that's you know, the biggest, that's one of the biggest abominations that I see. So that's when, how you take the country back is town by town by town, county by county, church by church, school board by school board, supervisors by supervisors. And you turn this back into what we were in 1776, 13 uh, independent states loosely bound by the Constitution. But you're not recognizing the ATF, the CIA, the FBI, or any other federal agency all that's going down. That, that tries to come into your state. And the sheriff should say, no federal agency or person will come into my state and do anything without written uh, uh, a notification to me first. And if I see you doing anything, I will arrest you with uh, the town that I deputize. That's how we go to the next level. You know, it's... Uh, so I've found and we've done shows on it here what i think are the origins of the q plan and it seems to be the most accurate documents of what we're seeing right now and that's when you go into the alice bailey stuff and uh the theosophical uh society that's uh the united nations religion after all um and so you know knowing their plans if god's given us wisdom we know how to counter it and it has to start on a local level, as you said. That's well, where... let's also mention the COVID-19 vaccine may kill and lobotomize and retard uh, this year more than any other year prior. How many people have gotten cancers and are going to be dying like flies? You could see a massive die-off this year because of the COVID-19. And they may, again, masquerade that in a, in a war situation. They may masquerade that as... Uh, you know, cutting off the power and, and uh, blowing up electric. Yeah, they're, they're already attacking food supply uh, places, pig farms and chicken farms and beef farms. So be mindful of COVID-19 and watch people who got that shot and see nice. if their brains are slowly melting. If you being- can't talk to them. People's personalities have changed. And, and, you know, listen, I'm not a doctor or anything, but the doctors who seem to be in the know about this said it's three to five years. Yeah. That's, and we're, we're, we're in the third year now, folks. This is, yep. this is it. Yep. Yep. And that, honestly, that's the other thing to take shedding. I remember Tenpenny and all these doctors had come up and were talking about this a few years ago. The shedding uh, is something that may be more and more determined to be a very harmful reality. People who got the shot shedding onto others, making them sick. Uh, this, this, this is this may require people to completely divorce themselves from it, family members that got the shot. I know that's very tough, especially if you know your relatives or family got it. But if you touch people and you're shed upon, and that gives you a, a degree of sickness. Then you have a choice. Now, I'll say this. I had a skin cancer that I wouldn't be surprised. It was directly related to the shedding that I got from my my, uh, family members who got the shot. Not I. And I argued against it. I told them not to get it, but they got it. But I had a skin cancer that quickened. In in six months, it grew from like a birthmark to a mushroom, the uh, size of a mushroom on my back. And I think it was related to the shedding. And I got this stuff. 
Indian black salve. And I put it on. It destroyed the cancer, killed it, and it scabbed and fell off. I put up a website. I put up the photographs. I put that out there for people. If you've got cancer of any kind, skin cancer or breast cancer or leukemia or anything, this, and, and people know about this, Indian black salve has been around for a long time, but uh, this natural substance goes after the cancer, it dissolves it from inside the body, and then the body naturally pushes it out. And you, you know, you have to take it, you know, every year. It's a natural thing that you, you take in a capsule form. If you've got the skin cancer on your skin, I just put it directly on top of it and it, it stings, but it kills the cancer and no surgery, no chemo, no radiation. So I always put that out there to give people hope because this is a season you're going to be encountering a lot of cancers and you can go to the website, destroy-cancer.com. I can send you the link, but you can read all about it, see the photographs. You can order it there. This is, we don't share this with people other than those in the alternative community, your audience, Jeff, and the audience of other people that are in this fight, those are the ones I want to, to give this to and share it with. We don't advertise it to other people who are, you know, left-winger Democrats and stuff like that or who hate Trump. I don't want anything to do with them. I want just our people uh, to have access to this uh, sort of stuff. So people can go to destroy-cancer.com and I'll put it in the chat. But I just wanted to say that I, I'm living proof that these shedding COVID-19 cancers uh, could be a reality. You you could be catching stuff from people who got the shot. And you know what? And and so destroy-cancer.com. Thank you. And yes, it's it's definitely one of the great ways to uh, to tackle the cancers of the world. But you know what? Um, it's just, if you're not, just you, people just got to get right with God. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, make sure your relationship with God is fixed up and straight. And uh, this is something you got to work on every day. He yeah. wants a personal relationship with you. Amen. So I'll give you any final words. Scott, by, by the way, Scott, thank you so much for coming on. You are an excellent and informed guest that uh, is above the caliber that goes on many other shows. So thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Well, I would just say, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You know, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. We're not to be fearful of anything. Uh, God promises an eternity with him. In my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for those that love him. Uh, we are we are moving towards eternity. We are moving towards a transition from this world into uh, a world without end. But we have to go through this tribulation time, uh, and we need to be prepared. But I'll tell you honestly, Jeff, I see in my heart of hearts our Father in heaven protecting his children and showing us the misery and the damnation and the curse that's going to come upon those yeah. who are not his children. I see the and same thing. I, I see, you know, all of the biblical references to gnashing their tongues with pain, uh, uh, you know, hating God. I see more and more of that in them. And as, as uh, you know, we have no fear. God will feed us with the ravens if, if we need to. And he's he's, I think, going to lead us in this time of great tribulation to show us how close he is to us, how much salvation 
uh, he'll give it how much protection, how he'll give us the money, the food, the clothes, the electric generators, the bullets, everything we need. Uh, while the rest will descend into mad dog, you know, madness, they will become the demoniac where we will become clearer and clearer in our minds and understanding. They will become darker and more animalistic and zombie like. So be prepared for that contrast. But uh, have yourself. I, I see the same thing. It's amazing you say that. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Scott. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, don't forget, destroy-cancer.com. And remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself. And it starts on a local level. You need to make a difference in your community. Thanks, Jeff. Right on radio. Right on radio.